it. Let's do it. Okay. Do you think Taiwan is safe? I mean, when you first came here in the first year,、um, what are the strongest impressions that you have about Taiwan? So I'll tell you the story. I got off the airplane and I took a bus to Shinzu, and、oh. I had all of my stuff, like literally everything I owned, in two suitcases, right? Two big suitcases.、Mm-hmm. And when I got off the bus to go to where I was staying,、um, I forgot my suitcases. I left them on the bus. So there was a period for about five or six hours where every physical thing that I owned in my life was gone,、mm-hmm. completely gone.、Mm-hmm. Like I had nothing.、Mm-hmm. Like I probably had my passport because that was on me, but everything, like all my clothes, all my books, everything I brought with me when I moved from the U.S. to Taiwan was on that bus in those two suitcases and gone. How were you? I was. Liberated. <laughs> Sorry about that. No, seriously. Like at first, I was like, "Oh my god! Oh my god! This is this is the okay, worst." Yeah, that's normal. <laughs> But then I was like, "Man! Like if the universe doesn't give you a sign, like it's like, I mean, like a, a fresh start." Like, oh my god, you were really feeling liberated. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>、okay. I mean, okay. First, I was scared to death. But then after,、yeah. I'm like, okay, what's like, what's the worst that can happen? Like, if you lose all of your physical stuff,、uh, it's just physical stuff. Like in the end, I was like, all right, I'm here, right? And this is a fresh start. And what better way to have a fresh start than to actually <laughs> lose all your stuff? <laughs> Now, I got it back. I'm sure. Yeah, and、um, I've lost things many times in Taiwan, and I've gotten them back. Like I've lost, I've left my、Everything、iPhone intact. Yeah, yeah. I, I've left、um, my wallet with, like, probably close to three hundred dollars U.S. and like different European currencies, different Japanese currencies. Like I, I, I like to carry a few different currencies. <laughs> I used to travel a lot, and I. Like to keep them in the wallet, so in case I'm, you know, because I, I I forget things really easily. Okay. And I've lost this wallet, oh, at least two times. I've lost my cell phone at least three times.、Uh-huh. It always comes back. Um, with everything inside. Everything. Oh wow. Yeah, like in America, you three hundred U.S. dollars is a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In in America, you might get the wallet back, but of but, course the money's gone. Right, and and your cards. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Because、sure. identity theft is more serious than cash theft. <laughs> it is, it is. So, but I never felt like threatened walking down streets in the U.S. either. I just felt that, like, okay,、um, if I lost my wallet, the money's going to be gone for sure.、Mm-hmm. Like it's just like that, right?、Mm-hmm. Or if I leave my car open, something's going to get stolen. Or if I'm in Europe, like if I don't have my hand on my bag. Yeah, somebody's gonna take my stuff. Like that's just how it is.、Uh-huh. Yeah. Whereas in Taiwan, I do feel that like if you leave your door open in your car,、uh, yeah, nobody's gonna go in and grab your stuff. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.、Um, <clears throat> I spent two years in San Francisco. So in general, San Francisco is pretty safe, except a few neighborhoods. You were there a while ago. It's crazy unsafe now. I know. I know. <laughs> like everybody I know I has their windows、back. broken. Oh yeah, yeah, and then at least three to five friends of mine had gun pointed at their head, asking. I'm not sure if they're real guns, but they were mugged. Yeah. Uh huh. And then I was really afraid one night, walking on one of the streets surrounding the Union Square, 
I think it's called Butcher something.、Mm-hmm. That that neighborhood. Downtown San Francisco. Yes, yes, and I was really afraid that someone would poke me with the needles they used. Yeah, yeah. San Francisco has massive homeless problem. Like I do not like walking around those streets at night. Uh huh. Yeah, especially down in that area. Oh, okay, so I develop a safety hack. Okay. What I did when I was looking for the next place for my meeting、um, is that I would use Google Map, and then、um, it would guide me. And then I would、um, have earphone in one ear, and then the other ear stays open, so I can pay attention to the surrounding. If someone is walking really, really close to me, then I know I can hear footsteps. But I have Google guiding me. <laughs> <laughs> I I think.、Um, and then I don't have my phone with me. Where do you put your phone? In my pocket. I see. You're afraid somebody's gonna take the phone like out、yeah. of your hand. Yeah. Yeah. I. I haven't seen honestly that much, that sort of theft.、Uh-huh. Um, it's like a car gets broken. It's really like people that are on drugs, people that are homeless.、Mm-hmm. They're just taking whatever they can sell, and it's like I don't. I. It's very rare that I've seen like like a homeless person like rip something out of somebody's hands. Now it's possible. I'm sure it's possible, but、okay. like, yeah. I mean, the U.S. I wouldn't worry so much about that kind of stuff. Uh huh. Yeah, but. Getting robbed, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's quite possible.、Mm. Yeah. So,、um, do you think when you are describing Taiwan to your friends who have never been here, safety is something that you would brag about or you would assure them? I don't think this is my bias. Uh huh. So I don't think of America as unsafe. But if you looked at the statistics, you'd be like, "Holy shit, that's the craziest place on earth!" Like they have gun shootings like every day、oh. at schools, right? Like, do not go to a school. Whatever you do, don't go there. But I never thought that. Like all growing up, even when I still visit now, I never think that. Oh my god, this is unsafe.、Mm-hmm. Even though I know like there's just guns everywhere.、Mm-hmm. Like every day, it seems like there's a mass shooting. Whereas when I go to Europe, I'm like. Oh, this place is crazy unsafe.、Yeah. Like Italy、yeah. and Spain, I'm just like, damn. These we're、gypsies. talking about different kinds of danger. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. I think America, you have this existential danger with guns. Right.、Um, Europe, like, you have these gypsies that just steal stuff. Not only gypsies. <laughs> True. Taiwan.、Uh, yeah, there really isn't that much of that culture here. I think. Uh huh.、Right? Oh yeah! By the way, when you were talking about massive shooting, especially shootings at school,、yeah. um, a few months ago, I was listening to a talk about innovative design, and then one architect was talking about how、um, <clears throat> classrooms or schools should be designed in a different way so that you don't have one long open hallway. That's too convenient and too easy for shooters to kill ten people or more in one minute. So instead of a very long straight hallway,、um, he suggested、um, twisted or a lot of twists and turns.、Um, so it, it's a crooked corridor. Yeah, to me that's a bit about、um, you know. I mean, if you cannot prevent massive shooting, like missing shooting the forest that... for the trees, like like the real problem here is that like it's a mental health issue. Like like what is wrong with Our society that you get these mass shootings. Like, okay, you can redesign the schools, but my thinking was: be you should redesign the healthcare system. Like, you should redesign、uh, maybe education system. Like, there's something that's going wrong, 
And the way you fix it is go to the root cause. It's not like make schools harder to shoot kids. You're right, because um, we're going to talk about safety in Taiwan. And then um, I thought of some reasons that contributed to um, the safety here. But I think healthcare system and education are really important, too. In a way, I think most, the majority of Taiwanese people are educated in a more disciplined way. Yeah, compliance. <laughs> Do not ask questions. Um, Do not break rules. Uh, yeah, but people are making changes now, slowly. Yeah. Mm. I mean, um, so my son, he goes to the elementary school here, mm -hmm. and he goes to a public school here. Mm -hmm. And I've watched how conditioned he's become to not break rules. Wow. Yeah, like as Tell an American, uh -huh. I mean, I, I don't believe in rules, just principles. Uh -huh. right? Like, you know. You have a Jewish mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's it's like to me it's like safety um you know ethics all of these things are above rules oh okay rights uh -huh. these are all above rules uh -huh. like there's all kinds of rules that to me it's like that's a stupid rule uh -huh. like I like mean, what can you give us some examples what did he do before he went to school and then what he has become so uh he has to sleep for 30 minutes like during lunch okay and <laughs> One of the rules are you can't do anything. You can't read a book. You can't uh, draw pictures. Like, you literally can't do anything. And to me, that's just absolutely insane. Like, if the kid doesn't want to sleep, let him read a book. Like, let him draw a picture. Like, this is insane. And I said you know, to my son, I said, just, just break the rules. Like, just bring a small notepad and whip it out and start drawing. And he says, no, I can't do that. Like, the teacher will get mad. And I'm like, well, <laughs> Who cares if the teacher gets mad? Tell her you want to study math or tell her you're reading about science or just, I mean, how could you do that? Like, do you know that the entire country needs a nap after lunch? Yeah, I mean, this to me is just insane. Like, people, people do not need naps after lunch. Like, what's the point? I have to tell you, I worked very closely with um, AIT, American uh -huh. Institute in Taiwan, which is like the American embassy in Taiwan. And then one year, I went to a welcoming dinner for a new diplomat who's recently um, dispatched to Taiwan. And then people who have experience in Taiwan were telling him one very important thing. Do not call your Taiwanese counterpart, counterparts um, at before 1 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> They'll be sleeping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's a general rule. All of the government departments have their lights off for 30 minutes yeah. at lunch break. People need to take a break. And, and yeah. literally, people need to take a nap. So the entire country, including government agencies and banks and practically everywhere you go, you see that people need a nap after lunch. Yeah, back when I, when I came, when I landed, and I was working in Shinzu, like, that was the most strange thing to me. Like, during lunchtime, they would, so we would eat lunch. Oh, they, everybody turns the lights off. Okay. They would, like, put their jackets their over their heads. On. Yeah. yeah. And then go to sleep. What did you do? Uh, called friends in the U.S. because the timing oh, is good. Oh, okay. Read stuff. Uh-huh. Like, I, I refuse to nap. Why? Uh, I get it that you don't want to nap, but you said refuse. So. Yeah. Like, so there's this, I forgot the name, but there's this like um, chemical in your body that during the day builds up and it's almost like pressure. It's, it gets your body to want to sleep. 
right? And if I nap during the day, then I don't sleep very well at nighttime. Oh, right. And mm-hmm. I mean, this is not just me. This is a lot of people. Like this is this science this is fairly well known. Uh-huh. Right? That that um, uh, if you have um, like insomnia, you know, either entering sleep or staying sleep, uh-huh. um, uh, and 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 it's not like okay, you you have a real medical condition. If you're just like me, sometimes you get stressed, you know, or you sleep wrong or something. Then instead of trying to uh, get more sleep, you cut your sleep a bit and then it kind of gets you going again. And so taking a nap during the middle of the day, um, taking a nap after lunch, oh, it's, 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 I think it's the wrong thing to do. I mean, I, I'm, <laughs> but like, it's not so much that I think it's the wrong thing to do. It's that like, I watch the kids and they don't want to do it. Like, like none of the kids want to nap. Right. So right. what are the parents doing forcing them to nap? And I think the reason they do it is because... They get drowsy in the afternoon. Well, because they get up too early for school and they stay up too late for homework. Right. Right? And so you fix those... Again, this goes back to the root cause. Like, don't redesign the school to make it harder to shoot kids. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, don't... Don't, like... School starts really early here. It's they really start early. at 7. It's right? really early. Uh-huh. It's really early. I think... Like there's all kinds of issues that now we know about from depriving people from sleep that I think 10, 15, 20 years we just didn't know about. Like if you hmm. deprive somebody of sleep, it's like you are you're torturing them. Right. I think school time is long here because uh, parents have to work long hours. Yeah. So if the parents need to arrive at the office at 8, then they have to get their kids to school before 8. That's why school starts at 7. And then right now, most parents leave work after 6. So there's after class class. Yeah, if if everybody just saved that hour during the nap, like if if the banks and the government and all these people said, hey, instead of having you guys sleep <laughs> for an extra hour, we're just going to give that to you. And then you go home and take care of your kids earlier. Yeah, yeah, That'd you leave work at four. Or, or five even is okay. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, back to the thread about rules. Uh, that there's a conditioning very early not to break rules and not to ask questions. That's much stronger uh-huh. uh, in, in Asia. Uh, I should speak. So it's much stronger. I felt it much stronger in Taiwan, in China, in Japan um, than it is uh, in America. Like in America, I think from the youngest of age, you're sort of rules are kind of suggestions, you know, like you can break them. I mean, because... I mean, if you if you actually read the rules that we have, like, I mean, you, you can't possibly live your life without breaking rules every couple right. of hours. It's just mm-hmm. impossible. <clears throat> like, I don't even try. Mm-hmm. And um, but there's this conditioning here that's very strong based on rules. Okay. Perhaps that's why it gets so safe. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> I'm not sure, but I feel that a lot of the rules are made f- just. To satisfy parents or for the sake of parents' convenience. For example, no jumping or no yeah. noise. Well, it's it's because I want some quiet. Yeah. It's not because making noise at this hour is wrong. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Yeah, I think kids, they need to be kids. Like, you have to let them figure stuff out. <clears throat> right. As long as they're not killing anyone. <laughs> let, let them figure it out. Right. So you're right. Um, there are many cultural factors leading to Taiwan's safety. And um, right now, there are new initiatives and new campaigns to make Taiwan cities safer. So um, in the last... Does it need to be more safe? Huh, good question. <clears throat> I'm not, I don't know, because 
if according to a international report, Taiwan is the second safest country in this world. So if that's true, why do we need to be safer? Yeah, there's a lot of things I think Taiwan could use improvements. Safety would not be on my list. <laughs> What's on your list?、Uh, different talk for a different day. Okay. <laughs> right.、Um, I think at least seven years ago, people were starting talking.、Uh, people started to talk about IoT and、okay. big data, and it was that time when a lot of engineers and managers or urban development managers started to think about how to use. IOT for infrastructure, and then I think it was just、uh, it was just very straightforward for them to think that oh, it's easy. IOT means that everything needs to be connected, right? So how about we connect everything to the internet? So、um, we started to see a lot of projects like smart traffic lights,、mm. or smart、uh, dashboards, or smart streetlight. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I know Taiwan. I, I I heard there was a lot of initiatives to do this stuff, right?、Mm. Yeah.、Um, so I I start to see more and more smart streetlights. Can I ask, like, who is actually asking for this? I don't know. Is this like? I mean, have you have you heard? Is like, is the government? Like, do you like? Do you know anything? Like, is the government demanding this, or the people demanding this? Like, who is saying, "Hey, I want." More things connected to the internet. I've been to a lot of conferences like this, and then I think at first it's the smart something companies pitch to city government. Oh. And then they say, "Oh, we're developing this, we're inventing this, and this is great for management. In the future, you don't need to spend so much manpower and work hours on calculating this or collecting information because everything will be automated, and then government will." Um, start budgeting, yeah, and funding these projects. So that, but that's my observation. Yeah, like the use case for agriculture, for let's say non-humans, you know, factories, manufacturing of this IoT stuff. To me, is pretty clear.、Mm -hmm. Um, I can really see the value proposition of it, but when you bring it into governments. I don't know. For me, it like makes my hair stand up. Like I get really, I get really uncomfortable. I don't think that makes it more safe. I think it makes it、um, actually the opposite. Uh huh. Yeah. But you see a lot of surveillance cameras in Taiwan. A lot. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. When、uh, I was looking at some of these numbers, they said that there was,、uh, um, you know, roughly between four and five、uh, surveillance or people. Per surveillance Person, camera,、right. um, in uh, the U.S.,、um, China was about five, and、uh, I think Taiwan was also pretty close to five, right? right. And、um, so, for the record, I think they're completely wrong about the U.S. Like, <laughs> like you don't see cameras anywhere、um, in in private private buildings, private places.、Uh, you do see cameras, but in public places,、um, you know, many many cities、uh, have outlawed.、Um, Using cameras to take pictures for traffic violations,、uh, using cameras to do facial recognition.、Mm -hmm. I think that's important. I think so too, because、uh -huh. you don't know. Like, we've talked a lot, you and I, about black boxes, right? Right, and all of these things 
where is the data going? What is it being used for? Why do we need a smart city? Like, what problem are we actually solving? Like, all of these things, they feel very black box to me. Makes me very uneasy. <clears throat> okay, I may be biased, but f uh, from what I've learned, I think at first it's these companies that pitched um, to city governments, and then they were looking for funding and 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 budget. So sometimes I think that engineers are looking for problems to solve, yeah. or they just create solutions before they identify problems. So for me, smart streetlight is something like this. I just, we were talking about how um, the, the uh, prevalence of streetlights have made Taiwan a safer place. But if better lighting means more safety, then better lighting is good enough. They don't need to be smart. Yeah, yeah, connecting to the internet with a surveillance camera. Like that doesn't necessarily... I mean, it's like superficially you can say, okay, well, if you do something wrong, I can take your picture. Uh -huh. um, but what you've also done is to give uh, law enforcement, um, government officials, you've given them sort of blanket surveillance over activities that maybe some people might not want their mm -hmm. – you know, their face to be associated with or, and it's perfectly legal. Like protesting is legal in Taiwan. It's yeah. legal in the U.S. Um, you know, the, the right to protest is incredibly important in a democracy. But what you don't want is like drones flying over, doing facial recognition on the whole crowd, oh, making lists. Creepy. It's really creepy. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause it's, I mean, it's really close. Like um, in, uh, uh, in North Korea, you can vote, right? Like they, they have a list of candidates you know, and the president's name is on there and other people's name is on there too. And the only thing that they do different than, than American democracy is once you finish voting, you have to give your vote and people <laughs> can see it. You give it to the person, right? And so like, like just being able to see what's going on, this is, this is, this is really like uh, – this, this is a slippery slope. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a slippery slope. Yeah, you may be executed if you vote for the wrong right. people. <laughs> right, or you end up on some list. Yeah, and that list uh, stops you from getting a job, uh -huh. or that list, uh, you know, stops you from getting a loan you need credit to start a business. Rating. Yes, uh, we don't have time to talk about credit rate, credit rating today, but um, we will have time for that. I think that's really, really. We should talk a little bit. So, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> uh, it's it's uh, China gets a bad rap for this thing called the social credit system, mm -hmm. right, the social credit rating system. Um, the U.S. has been doing this since uh, 1870. Like that's when this kind of uh, credit system On the large place. scale? Oh, oh. For buying things. Oh, okay, okay. Right? Um, but Like getting a loan? No, just for buying things. Like if you go to a uh, grocery store um, and you wanted credit to be able to pay at the end of the month um, or you wanted to buy clothes you didn't have the full money for. Uh -huh. Like the whole consumerism, um, all of America's commercial sector, consumer sector, uh, behind the scenes is really being driven by these credit bureaus, credit rating agencies. Mm -hmm. There's really just three now. Mm -hmm. they're, they're private. They have full control over our information. We don't really have any ability. I mean, we're not their customer. We're their product, right? And 
So we don't have any ability to pressure them and to say, hey, stop collecting my stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, and it's uh, uh, it's very deep into everything that the American culture has become. Okay. Um, and uh, these sort of security cameras um, uh, monitoring physical spaces, um, uh, IOT, all of these things, which is now being called sort of social credit. To me, at least, this is all sort of the same idea of pervasive surveillance. Okay. Yeah. Um, in the Are we West, talking about credit scores? Yeah. Okay. I mean, credit score is just a more advanced version of this. Oh. Yeah. I mean, it's like um, after you know you're buying history, okay, well, can we use that to score? But this is just because technology has gotten better. They can do more. Mm-hmm. Um, these ideas are not new. They just haven't been able to be executed so well until recently. But I can understand the reasoning behind credit scores. Like if I'm going to sell you something very valuable like a car or a house, I want to make sure that you can pay, you, you mm. can afford it, right? So um, I understand the reasoning, but um, in China, the credit rating is very different. It's like they are evaluating the morality and ethics of your behaviors. And then if you do something bad, like say if you run a red light, then uh, some scores will be taken away from your credit. And then you can add it back by donating your blood or something else. And then if your score is too low, I have been told that there's a chance that you may not be able to purchase a flight ticket mm-hmm. or a bus ticket. Mm-hmm. So you need enough credit score to, um, to conduct something that we consider very normal or common. Yeah, I mean, now when you get a job interview or when you want to rent a home, mm-hmm. they do a credit check yeah. in America. Yeah. And so um, what I would say is that China is just better at this than us Americans. They're more professional, they're more centralized, but they're doing the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. And this is very deep in America. It goes back hundreds of years. Mm. And um, it was originally just for buying things, but what we learned in 2013 with Snowden was that, no, actually, they were spying on us domestically as well. Mm-hmm. So they were watching what we were doing um, through all sorts of things, social media, all of this stuff. So um, that, to me, feels very um, close to the smart smart city stuff, Um you know, it's like smart for who, right? And again, monitoring so you can, so a company can decide should they give you a loan, monitoring so uh, a business can decide, hey, do I believe this person? Um, in, in some ways, I'm fine with that, but it better be open as to how these algorithms work, mm. right? It, it better be open as to, okay, what's going on? Because um, this all has biases. Right. I mean, this is you can use this to suppress um, things as easy as you can to give them more credit to buy stuff. Right. Yeah, they're the same tools. It's, v- it's very double edged. Uh-huh. Yeah. And again, it's this black box that I think um, is the most dangerous part of this. Yeah. Like go try to. So in the U.S., if you try to get your credit score, mm-hmm. they knock it down because you go try to get it. 
Oh. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, you can only get so many checks per year. Otherwise, you get knocked down. Uh-huh. Um, when they get data breaches. Why can't I just be curious of my credit score? Well, you can. You just get knocked down. <laughs> yeah, and you could also say, "Hey, I want to know like when my credit is used." Uh-huh. And sure enough, they have a product for you. They'll sell uh, you a product okay. each year uh-huh. for. Basically, they're surveilling you, and then they'll sell you a product so you can surveil you. It's a very strange world when you actually like unwind what's going on. Are you on comfortable with that? Not at all. Oh. To me, it's like there is no way that this is compatible with our constitution. There is no way.、Mm. Yeah, there is no way. I mean, we've got all these amendments that are about, you know, Fourth Amendment, Fifth Amendment, First Amendment. There's all of these amendments that are around the ability to、uh, have free will,、uh-huh. to be able to stay private,、um, to not be surveilled, right?、Um, To to not have somebody use what you say against you. There, there's all of these protections that are at the foundation of what made America、um, such an amazing experiment.、Uh-huh. And this this credit surveillance, this、um, domestic issue surveillance, and、um, yeah, I I wish that、um, Taiwan could learn from. America, because I think Taiwan is actually incredibly good at these smart city stuff, but I don't think that Taiwanese really know that this data can and will be used against you <clears throat> unless you have these like open rules of hey, here's what we're going to allow. We don't have that open rules yet, so I agree. I don't with think、you. Taiwan has any coherent、uh, data privacy directives. Um, we have a framework. It's called Personal Information Protection Act, but I would say that it's very young, and there's room for improvement and development. Yeah, I don't think they're asking the hard questions like facial recognition, machine learning. Not yet.、Um, yeah, these sensors that are collecting all of our information. Who has oversight? Does the citizen own that data? Does the government own that data? Can the citizen correct the information if、uh-huh. it's wrong? Because these things make mistakes. I mean. Yeah, they're programmed by people. So, in the park near in my neighborhood, there is a、uh, streetlight pole that looks really funny.、Uh, it's a streetlight, but it has its own solar panel, so it generates power for itself, and it also has a big camera、mm-hmm. and a very large LCD board. So,、um, it's actually using animation to say, "Say hi." Really? Yeah. <laughs> like smile, you're on camera. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then when you are in front of the camera,、um, it switches to a、um, a UI that looks like a camera app, and then it takes a photo for you. What's the photo for? It's asking you if you want to upload it to Instagram. Really? With the hashtag Taipei City Government Smart City Smart Government something like that, and I was like. This is super creepy. That's pretty terrifying. I, yeah, that's pretty terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I I don't want the government to、yeah. package surveillance、yeah. by saying that it's smart or it's cute or it's, or it's trendy. Yes. Yeah, yeah. This is not fun. This is not something you should be like. Yeah, let's think, Instagram this. Yeah, yeah. I think when you're doing this, you're spontaneously providing information 
your facial recognition information, your your data, who you are, how tall you are,、yeah. and also your Instagram account or Facebook. I'm not sure. I I didn't use it, but I I was watching a lot of people using it, and then I think a lot of old people are having fun taking photos. I yeah. Um, I think um whoever installed that is getting smarter. Yeah. They're they're thinking about how they can introduce this concept, this smart city concept, to the general public, and how they can make it more acceptable. Yeah, I think you're right in that it is the tech companies that are manufacturing these that are looking for use cases, and I don't feel that people like to have all these cameras around their home, right? Like the idea of like IoT, okay, the industrial IoT,、mm-hmm. and then there was like. You know the smart home,、mm-hmm. so we would have all these sensors in our home. We would have all these things that are, you know, turning on our lights. You know, monitoring our our our、uh, front doors,、mm-hmm. and we sort of see again and again privacy breaches.、Um, I forgot the website, but there was a website. You know those baby cameras.、Mm-hmm. Well, there's a website that has like eight、um, million hacked baby cameras that, that you can just go watch. I know that. Yeah. yeah. I mean that to me is like, no way in hell is that thing going in my house. <laughs> no way. Like that is just terrifying. Do you have any baby camera? No way, never. Okay, so you don't trust? No,、it. not at、okay. all. Okay, not at、okay. all. You you shouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, I uh, I have Alexa, and I have these things because I like to try them and understand what's going on. Uh huh. Um, but I disable them when I'm uh done trying. Oh, yeah, including yeah. Alexa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah.、Um, th- there's, if you actually read the terms of service of these things, they're quite horrific. No one reads them. Nobody reads them. Uh huh. Yeah. They, for example, Amazon、uh, reserves the rights to store the transcripts of what you said, like indefinitely, right? And、um, There's been court cases where people have gone to court and then they pulled the logs from Alexa, and I was like, "Ooh, I didn't think this thing was always listening, it, but it is." Of、right? course, it's it always、is. listening, so、yeah. it can pick up, "Hey Alexa." <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, but they they make you believe that no, no, it only listens once you say, "Hey yeah, Alexa," or, or, or like Siri, whatever this thing is. But then you're like, and and the problem is that you have no way to verify that. So. So even if you want to trust them, even if that is what they say, and if if that was true, I would feel more comfortable having these things in my life. But the fact that again and again, what you learn is that that's not what it was. That's not what they were doing.、Mm. Um, and oftentimes, it's not even because they're trying to be nefarious. They're trying to do evil things. They're just incompetent. Like they're just like, hey. We don't know how to make this work right, so we're just going to save all the data we possibly can, and then we're going to outsource this to all kinds of firms in India to try to make better machine learning algorithms, and then we can get this speech to actually work. So this、mm-hmm. is like this is really what's going on, and then and then that data gets stolen, and then you know your your identity is just like leaked all over the internet,、mm-hmm. and then you get these three credit monitoring companies <laughs> that will then. Sell you、uh-huh. at whatever it is you know per month to monitor it for you.、Mm. Yeah, so I think this this surveillance of people's personal data is it's quite problematic. It is, it is, and storing the storing the data is very problematic too. It's a lot of data. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where do you store it? How do you keep it safe? 
Um, so going back to the street light in the park, I was trying to find out some information about this, like who installed it,、mm-hmm. and then after you take a photo. Um, where do the photos go? Are they stored somewhere? Are they stored in the government?、Yeah, is it locally? Is it in the cloud? I couldn't find anything. Couldn't find it. Uh huh. I I did. <laughs> I didn't do too much. <laughs> I didn't do too much research, but、okay. by looking at the labels on、yeah. on the streetlight, I couldn't find any concrete information. Wow.、Mm. You know, last time we talked about this trade bill. Between China and Taiwan,、uh-huh. and it was this this black box,、uh-huh. and、um, well, you guys had like a revolution, right? Because you wanted to bust open this box、right. to figure out what's going on. How come <laughs> domestically people don't seem to care? I know this is coming. <laughs> well, I don't think people don't care.、Um, I think if people are aware of this black box, or people are aware that this is a new company partnering with the city government, then people will have curiosity and confusion and questions, and then there will be public hearings about these protocols and procedures. But right now,、um, people are not aware of that. So.、Um, Maybe when they see something new like that, a very innovative solar panel, solar powered street lights that takes your photo, they think it's fun, and then most of them would think that this is experimental. Yeah. Most people think that oh, maybe it will go away in three months. They they just don't believe that three months later they're gonna be everywhere. So.、Um, I think raising awareness is really important. Um, if enough people have identified this problem and ask for clarification, then we can we can ask for public hearings so that these companies and the city government will need to answer the questions. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. Like a lot of things that are public goods, they rely upon private data,、uh-huh. and so it's really interesting to ask the question. How should a government use this data? What are the checks and balances, and then what rights do the citizens have to use to to understand what data is being held on them? Because if if it was if it was something other than digital,、uh-huh. then you know the human rights people, the civil liberties people, would just be completely up in arms about it. But somehow, because it's digital.、Um, Yeah, it's almost like we can play ignorant to it.、Um, I mean, I, I'm I'm not trying to be critical of Taiwan because, like, after Snowden leaked all these documents, I was like, I knew it. I knew <laughs> they were doing this. Like, I knew for sure they were、uh-huh. doing this. And and then I was like, all right, whew, good. Finally, this comes out. It's not so bad.、Uh, Congress will fix this. We still live under under a democracy. We still have a constitution. We still have a bill of rights. And then. No, not only did that not happen, but they call this guy a traitor. They、oh. say that, oh well, you should come back, quit running away. We'll give you a fair trial. It's like give this guy a fair trial. <laughs> no, you're not. Gonna, it's impossible to give him a fair trial, right? So, right. so it's so I I was tremendously disappointed in America that after this, like like we always lived under this sort of、um, unpleasant truth that our security services like NSA, CIA. 
that they were spying on everyone uh-huh. all the time, yeah. except domestically. Like they were not allowed to spy locally, but yeah, they're spying on France. They've got Angela Merkel's phone number. They're monitoring her calls. Like as an American, I was like, you know, I don't like that, but it's not my problem. Like, yeah, <laughs> right? I guess you're so, not listening to you. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like I got a bill of rights. I have a constitution. When I was working for the defense ministry, my phone calls were listened by three different kinds of people. The ROC Army, Taiwan's Army, the PLA People's Liberation Army, and the American Army. Did you like they told you that? Did you know that or? Well, you get noises like really? white noise all the time, and then judging from the quality of the white noise, I can almost tell who's listening to me right now. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> um, you, yeah, you're kind of told that like people who have experience will tell you. Oh, so there, there was a time when I was talking on the phone um, with my colleagues around me, and then I said, "Oh, hold on, I need to go to a place with better connection because you're breaking." And then I said, "Ah, it's not that he's breaking, <laughs> because we're listening to you, or they're <laughs> listening to you." <laughs> That's so brutal. <laughs> <laughs> so this means China, because China is on the left. Uh-huh. Yeah. So really? we're listening to you, or they're listening to you, or they're. That means America. <laughs> Wow, United States over there. So yeah, mm. and like, are people just okay with that? Like, is that just? I was working for the intelligence community, so I have to be okay with that. Like, we collect information, and I know the people want to collect information from yeah us. Wow, yeah. But I... if that's what it takes to keep the world peaceful, right? I want to contribute to world peace. <laughs> I'm not sure it's true. Like, I'm not sure that that surveillance, like pervasive surveillance, is um, directly related to safety. So, like, I've yet to see a study that says um, once you're you're monitoring um, the citizens 24 hours a day, seven days a week, once you know all of their thoughts, that You end up with a better society. I've yet to see any kind of evidence that supports that.、Mm-hmm. Um, the evidence that that the liberal democracies learned was that if you're surveilling somebody, that will be abused. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, I, like that's、I'm、the twentieth-century、sure. lesson for Western democracies: is that surveillance is not a good thing. When people are skeptical about each other, when they are worried that their partners may not be honest, the first thing they want to do is surveillance. Yeah, like they want to check the messages, they want、yeah. to check the phone. So, yeah, I I I think surveillance is the first step for manipulation.、Uh-huh. Yeah, like I keep thinking back to sort of the Gov Zero talks and how you have these silos. Like there's. From the government's perspective, the people are a silo. From the people's perspective, the government is a silo. And maybe the only stable solution is that the government, you know, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, is surveilling the people. The people, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week, are surveilling the government. Like maybe that's the only stable, like equilibrium. That's check and balance. Yeah.、Uh. Yeah. So.、Um, But no one is going to do that. It's it's time and、People、money consuming. Yeah, I think we could do it pretty easily if we wanted to. Ah,、uh, yeah. 
I mean, if, if you just sort of crank up a bit more this um, uh, open data. Oh, so okay. So these things coming out of here. Um, if you take the transcripts of the different hearings, put them through some kind of, you know, um, machine learning to understand what's going on, and you could sort of end up with a monitoring system that could look surprisingly similar to a social credit system <laughs> of these politicians. Uh -huh. And maybe holding them accountable for what they say or what they do, just like, you know, if I go to the department store and I spend a little bit too much money on my credit card, like I'm going to be accountable for it at the end of the month. Uh -huh. Like maybe we can hold the politicians accountable for what they say at the end of the, you know, uh, That's a great year topic for years. the next hackathon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> political social credit system. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Um, there's a there's one more sort of part of surveillance that I think is um, like escalated in a very um, I was going to say interesting, but in a very unfortunate way uh, in America. So if we start from this, you know, 1870s, how do we do credit? Mm -hmm. Like like surveilling people's buying habits to give them credit. Um, 2013. Well, I think the NSA was surveilling people domestically much earlier, but we knew about it from 2013. Then uh, in 2020, the the big tech, well, specifically Apple and Google, decided to join forces with government right, in America to surveil people for Exposure? COVID. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. And these are exactly the same tools that you would need to surveil for anything the government wants to surveil for. Right. And these are very pervasive. So I think sort of equally as concerning as watching what people buy or watching what they read, it's um, the government being able to surveil health or being able to surveil like individual people for these things without consent. Mm -hmm. Again, like we, we have this kind of fake consent. It's like hey, do you want to download iOS 14? It has all these cool new features. Oh, and by the way, we're going to spy on you. Right. <laughs> right? So that, to me, that's fake consent. Right, right, because there's no way you can disagree with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are you going to say? No, I don't want to upgrade my phone. And then you're going to get hacked because you don't have the bug fixes. Right, right. I actually refuse to upgrade my OS for eight months. You can't do that. You make yourself very vulnerable. Um, right. And then your phone becomes very, very slow. Well, it also becomes very vulnerable because the long, all software has bugs. And the longer software is, re is released in the wild, the more the um, attackers know about the bugs, the uh -huh. vulnerabilities, uh -huh. then you can be exploited. So you have to keep upgrading your software. You really have to. Right. So again, we have no choice. No choice. Yeah. It's just this ratchet that just keeps getting tighter and tighter. Mm. But I'm thinking that maybe there's a way for our phones to track exposure without violating the privacy. I think so. Again, I mean, I'm I'm going in this extreme direction that maybe the only way that there's an equilibrium that works is if we spy on them. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Like, like that's a lot of work. Uh. There's a lot of people. Oh. <laughs> so, like, how many politicians? You know, so there's whatever. There's one in four. So each person, uh, four people per Survey camera. one. Uh -huh. Yeah. Probably there's, like, I don't know, a uh, hundred people for one politician. Uh-huh. And that's what the CCP is. Like, like okay. the, the party members right, in right. Taiwan, maybe there's, like, every 
thousand people there's one politician uh-huh. could we surveil these people like hold them accountable get them to have skin in the game it'll be interesting i'm just saying right the power of software is that people are doing this automatically yeah. they're doing this spontaneously or they're doing this without knowing it so if you have the new spy they're not spyware uh, if you have a new exposure tracking api in a hundred million phones, then they are doing this without any extra effort. Yeah. But right now, if we want to track down on these politicians, it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work, uh-huh. yeah. So if only there's an API <laughs> to facilitate what you just said, <laughs> that would be the real equilibrium. I mean, it would be interesting to see, like, if this truly is going to be an arms race, then... So... um. America had a second amendment uh-huh. because we deeply mistrust government, all uh-huh. government, even our own. And um, uh, the so you can say, okay, well, do we still need that kind of world where everyone has, um, you know, more more and more powerful weapons? And the uh-huh. answer is probably not. But you need some sort of defense um, because the power in a democracy is supposed to be with the people. Right, so you need you need some sort of power now in in the physical world. This looks like you know, I don't know guns or baseball bats. In the digital world, it looks like surveillance, mm-hmm. right? Um, uh, encryption, you know, these sorts of technologies that allow for secrets, that allow for monitoring. Um, and so I think that we don't spend enough time as citizens thinking about uh, what rights do we need to have when when our digital footprint mm-hmm. is much larger than our physical footprint. Mm. And this, this, this whole kind of uh, push is that, oh, it's about safety, right? That we'll collect more information. Or convenience. Yeah. Yeah, that the more information we collect, the more convenient, the more safe we can get. And uh-huh. I'm not really even sure that's true. Uh-huh. Like, put aside the privacy issues of that. I'm not even sure it's true from a from sort of a first principles perspective. Like if I know all the information about you, does that make you more safe? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. So my last question for you is that, um, do you think credit rating systems are, or, or credit scores are necessary? Because obviously mm-hmm. in Taiwan, they are not so necessary. I mean, we have similar systems, but they're not so deep-rooted and they're not used so commonly. Maybe I'm ignorant, but I just don't think, we, we th- I think we can live without it. But if it's a necessity in the United States or China, then you work in digital rights and digital assets. Do you think there's any way we can change how it's done or how these data is stored or commercialized? So the first question is like, is it necessary? Do we need this kind of thing? And to have a modern economy, the answer is probably yes, right? Um, uh, but the question is sort of, okay, well, what's the information architecture of that system? So um, how do we know that the way that we're gauging somebody's credit is um, not being manipulated for certain 
political reasons or um, how do we know, like how do the people know that, okay, there are some behaviors that they're doing that is knocking your credit mm -hmm. and you don't know that it's happening. So um, uh, in every company, in every school, in every sports teams, you have something that looks like a performance assessment. Right. And I think that's reasonable that if somebody's going to loan you money, I mean, you and I, we started companies. If somebody loans you money, they say, hey, I want a, you know, uh, an investor update at a certain period of time. Mm -hmm. And that relationship is very healthy if it's clear. Um, where it gets unhealthy is when it becomes murky. You're not sure what it's used for. You're not sure who gets access to it. In fact, you're not even sure how they get that data in the first place. Mm -hmm. Where does it come from? Right. And so that's the part that I think is um, I is have damaging. a very interesting story. Yeah. OK, so last September, I went to Shanghai. And then when I was in the taxi, I felt something's different. Uh, somehow the ride from the airport to my hotel was very different. And I said, is there anything different about Shanghai? And then the cab driver said, do you think it's quieter? And I said, yeah, no one's honking. Mm. For 40 minutes, I didn't hear any car honking. And then he said, yeah, because recently um, the government is tracking down. So if you honk, the artificial intelligence will decide which car wow. was honking and then you'll be fined. Wow. So my question was like, uh, what kind of AI? <laughs> Does this AI system have a data bank of all different kinds of hunks, of different car models? Or, or I, How just, does it do that? Yeah. And then can you imagine that a city with 50 million people is able to do that? It's able to tell from the audio wave of mm -hmm. the hunk that which car made the noise and then yeah. bill you, I mean, fine you sure. for that. Right. I mean, this technology is incredibly powerful, mm -hmm. right? And um, imagine if you talk something bad about the Communist Party that's right. in Shanghai. Yeah. yeah, yeah. If they're able to tell who harmed, they, then they 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 have the capability of telling who just criticized the party. Yeah. So it's like, on one hand, you want these technologies, like you want to be able to. Um, make society better. Like if everybody's honking all day long, it's just a terrible place to live, right? It's just, it's, it's horrible. I mean, I've, I've been in China, I've been in India. I know how like these cities are just like, you just want to go to your hotel and cry. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's, it's so stressful. But at the same time, um, you also want to know that, all right, if these algorithms are running, then they are actually trying to optimize to make um, people better, people happier, like as opposed to political control or getting you to buy more. So like, like if the way your credit score is optimized, which it is in the U.S., is you have to get debt before you can get credit. Uh -huh. So um, I really don't like debt. It's one of my things. I really hate debt. And um, so I have what would people consider not great credit because I don't like borrowing money. Right? And so they they sort of tweak the incentives of the whole system to control in such a way that um, the behaviors that they need are what they incentivize. 
So in America, the behavior is, hey, go buy stuff. Like mm -hmm. we're a consumer society. Go buy things. Um, you know, uh, as long as everybody's buying, as long as consumers are spending, then the world's going to be a great place, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's, what's disturbing is when they use these very strong technologies to enforce either corporate or government um, incentives as opposed to uh, individual people. Like what's our incentive? What makes us better? And can we surveil, or I even hate the word surveilling, but can we, um, can we create these systems that sort of nudge people to do the right thing? Yeah. I don't like the word surveillance either. And I was working for a surveillance camera app yeah. <laughs> for two years. So on Google Play Store, we call ourselves security camera app. Okay. Uh, but it means the same thing. Oh, I remember you were making that um, from old phones. You can yeah. basically make a yeah. security yeah. camera. Right, right. So if we have surveillance in mm -hmm. our app title, mm -hmm. then uh, we can reach more people. Because a lot of people are searching using the word surveillance camera. What are they searching for? Like, what do they want? Uh, baby camera or, yeah. yeah. So so we ditched the word surveillance and then we replaced it with security camera because I just feel that I want something more positive. Did your downloads go down a lot? Yeah. <laughs> wow. But um, anyways, uh, and you were talking about that. Um, you debt. need to have mm -hmm. debt before you can have credit. Yeah. 20 to 30 years ago when I was younger and I heard um, women talking about how they want to get a divorce. And then something that really concerned them is that they've never had their own credit card mm -hmm. or um, the mortgage was under the husband's name. Yeah. So they don't have good credit. Yeah. yeah, that's something we can talk more about in the future. Yeah. We're running out of time. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it for today. All right. Yeah. Bye. Thank you.